Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry, where we bring you the pictures, popcorn, and the poetry. I'm here with my two popcorn snazzers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. Hey. What up? If oh, it wasn't do it again. clear from that, Auntie V is very high. Wow. Okay. Well, that went out the door on that one. which is interesting because she's high off trees which we're going to be talking about today people we are going to basically go over the 2012 animated film of dr seuss the lorax this film here is the fourth of the um animated versions of dr seuss done by illumination this one here was a had a 70 dollar 70 million dollar budget and grossed 348.8 million worldwide this one stars the voice of daddy devito ed helms zach efron and tara swift this even had betty white ain't that crazy and rob rickles all voice actors on this movie this movie itself was directed by um, Chris Renault, which Chris Renault has done other movies like No Time for Nuts. He done the Ice Ages. Uh, he, oh, he's, he's featured as the character from the Ice Age Scratch. He was the voice for Scratch, the little, the little, um, not chipmunk, the squirrel. He was the voice for him. He's also done work for the Spickle and Me fa- franchise one and two. So, and he also did Minions. Funny. Oh, no, it's clearly the same aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So the, the story, so basically the big, the big plot of the story is a 12-year-old boy named Ted Wiggins lives in, um, tw- um, what's it called, Tridville? Needleville. Needleville. Need. Because need is a thing that everyone needs. Yeah, exactly. It rhymed. I just kept reading. Yeah. Need. Need. Yes. Need. A wall wall to city for where all vegetation and um, plant life is artificial. But Ted has a crush on Audrey, who decides to impress her. He decides to impress her with a real tree. His grandmother, Norma, tells him to the legend of the Onceler, who knows what happened to the trees. Leaving Needville in search for the Onceler, Ted discovers the outside the outside world is barren, contaminated wasteland, and finds the Wesler who agrees to tell him the story of the trees. Uh, who tells him the story of the trees over multiple visits. The next time he leaves home, he is encountered by a gr- the greedy mayor, Alicia O'Hara, who com- whose company sells a bottle oxygen to the polluted city, explaining to the trees, explaining that trees and the oxygen they produce freely poses a threat to his business. Um, O'Hare pressures Ted to stay stay in town, but Ted continues to visit the Wunsler. And the Wunsler t- now tells well, his story, recounts the part of being a young inventor who basically is, who rides at a lust-filled forest with animals and trees, the trophila trees. He cuts Truffula. down a tree. Trophila. He cuts down a tree and is confronted by the Lorax, a guardian of the forest who speaks for the trees. After several attempts of forcing the one slur out, the Lorax convinces him, him not to cut a tree, any more trees. Using the truffle of fiber, he vents the need. 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 The need. Need. The need. Need. Need with the TH on the front. Right. Need. Yeah, we're not going to get this right. <laughs> Need, who has multiple uses and it ha- becomes a major success, which brings out not only his hunger and greediness, but also brings out his family to also get rich with him. And sure enough, this is where the calamity begins. Thoughts, Marvin? I'm really hit or miss about this film. I actually really am, but there are certain parts where I did really like just based on how close this hit to home with how current society is. Like, for instance, in the beginning, they're talking about this mass, obviously with 
like the Grinch, how, and I feel like the Grinch really did perfect what the Lorax did. You could tell the Grinch definitely took a lot of influence from what the Lorax missed. Like in the beginning, there was this heavy idea of consumerism. They're talking about fake trees and everything. But my favorite, my absolute favorite is when they started talking about bottled air and how at first that CEO was like, why would we need it? Dude, That if that is not what the U.S., and bottled water was like in the 70s and 80s in the beginning. I don't know what is because that, if I recall, or based on what I read, like that's how marketing was with bottled water. And then now look at it. it we have plastic pretty much polluting the oceans. Flint, Michigan in the U.S. still doesn't have clean drinking water. A lot of Indian reservations don't have drink clean drinking water. We have a lot of pollution going on almost everywhere. Like this. Yeah, exactly. Like this movie really hit close to home. I still think it was a crappy movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like it, it was adapted off of a children's book that had a really great message, but it's. I still think it's a shitty movie with terrible pacing. But this one hit close to home. I think. Uh, it's also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and I also like the fact that it was Danny DeVito, who is a fine, fine specimen of a specimen of the human race. <laughs> Device. It feels like I've been on here for a really long time already. <laughs> Got that closer feeling now. Jeez. Um. Overall, it was okay. I liked the animation better than some of the other ones. I thought this came closer to the the book style animation that you know it's drawn from. I thought. The uh, additional stories are actually more on point than they were with any of the other adaptations that have had to lengthen and, and create a, a movie style uh, piece. But, uh, you know, it's it was better than most of the Dr. Seuss we've seen. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, the one thing that really got me is I remember as a kid so much thinking of the Lorax at the end is just because it's kind of dark book with an ominous message right and um they had to then put a happy ending on it because it's you know going to theaters now and it hit me in the same way that color purple rewrote mr to be a good guy in the end like it just <laughs> violated the whole sense of the book for me um because it's like he goes off and you know then there's this great joy and then all of a sudden they're all repopulated and stuff and um yeah I, I was i didn't like the way they did i was like marvin i was you know it's it's a very pertinent message these days um we watched it sitting in our air-conditioned home because it's too damn hot and in grass valley because of climate change um you know which was a little awkward um <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's a middling movie it's definitely better though than the others we watched Hmm. Sharon. Just like you, I had some mixed feelings on it. Um, biggest part of my mixed feelings I had was on the singing. Oh my God, oh, so much yes. singing. So much singing. See, that's why I said, like, I think the Grinch kind of perfected that formula of being a little over the top <laughs> with its presentation. You can definitely tell they had something going with the Lorax, but then I don't know. I still stand by what I with what I said about illumination. Like, there's just they're not a great animation company, in my opinion, and they kind of missed the point on a lot of things. They're just out there for the cash grab. And it's really ironic that they did mm -hmm. a very huge anti-consumerist movie. Right. And it's Illumination, who made the fucking Minions movie. Right. Well, I mean, this this was the fourth one of the mm -hmm. franchise that Illumination, that Illumination did. Because, you know, the first mm -hmm. one they did was Fortnite. Here's a who, mm -hmm. which we are doing. <laughs> That'd be our last one, <laughs> but <laughs> but it did it did make it did make um the message. You're right. It the message does hit home a lot, I, even at this time. It really hit home. I I hate saying that the news has basically been my kind of my kryptonite, but it's a lot of stuff on the news. 
<laughs> and it's just a lot of them. A lot of the news that just make just make me with the stuff they're talking about with um global global warming, with um um uh the plastic, how plastic is they're now trying to figure out they've had plastic being a poison in this country for for almost a hundred years. And now they're trying to figure out how to how to break it down. I mean, it's 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 almost it's almost as bad as them talking about the rainforest being cut down. So I mean, it's it's that kind of business doesn't care. And unfortunately, since it's not thrown in our faces a lot, we don't we be, we play ignorant about it. Even though there are people as he's saying, "Hey, what about this pollution? What about this pollution?" And business keeps trying to, you know, shuffle minds or something, or they just try to tell industries don't tell, or they tell governments don't say anything because we need, you know, we need to keep our, we need to keep this business moving. And if they don't want to take the, the you know, they don't want to take the, the hit. And you know, even even though this was fundamentally, it was fundamentally bad guy. This person is the bad guy. These people are the good guy type things. It it really did kind of um make the make the plot and the transition almost too clear cut. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing. Um I did enjoy I did enjoy the fact that as they, they have a line in there saying about say um about is it about a girl man? He's like no said every every man does something stupid for a girl. <laughs> that also like, hit really close to home. That also <laughs> hit really close to home. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I was like, I got a chuckle out of that. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's close. <laughs> so it, it it did it did play um, some benefits to that. So one thing I was one thing that kind of caught my caught my attention was, like I said before, the sing all the singing points, the singing cues. I think that kind of linked it out the movie. I mean, they had a singing point on the beginning of the start of the movie. They had a singing point in the middle. They had a singing too point. many damn songs. <laughs> well, they had like four or five songs. Do the whole thing. My problem wasn't the songs per se. Okay, it was how cheesy the songs were. Because oh, they yeah. definitely try to make it a very show tunes esque mm-hmm. type of thing, but. It just didn't work well with this movie. And I'm I'm willing to admit this right now. There was something about this movie that for some reason it hit a very specific nostalgia point for me. Like what? I don't know how to place it. Like I just don't know where to put my finger on it. It's just it came out in 2012. I was barely on the cusp of adulthood, moved out on my own. This had every fingerprint of being my young adulthood life. And somehow it just hit this very nostalgic point for me when I was watching it Wednesday night. I was also very high though. So that's probably why. (laughs) There you go. And what was the nostalgic point? It just reminded me of the early 2010s and that's all I did. On the, like what parts I'm trying to, I'm trying to. It's just the overall feel of it. Like I, I can't even explain it. Just something about it reminded me of my early adulthood. And it just, oh, man, it was. But again, I also must reiterate, I was also very high. <laughs> hmm. um, the character of the ones, um, how did you feel about him having a, his story was, his his main story was to basically become something, you know, become a, a big name. You know, his whole idea of it was I'm going to change the world even though he did change to the worst he did change the world but it was more of a pursuit just like if you look at um, not even Google look at Apple and look at some of the stuff they made or even other people they all had this idea of, of changing the world or changing the diameter of what, what was already inside it and you can see the influence itself has done to the world do you consider that even though his intentions of what he had were somewhat, you know, every every man's or woman or any person's ambition was somewhat, you know, an idea. Do you think his the the way he outputted it was uh, what would I say? Was a sound? Would you call it sound, or would you call it just selfishness? It's definitely selfishness, and I think you bring up a very good point. I mean, like two points I have. 
I mean, what per like fifty percent of this world believes they can make some impact into the world right. and want to achieve it. I mean, and barely even ten percent of them are even able to like make some kind of huge lasting impact. So I do get where that story narrative is coming from. And then secondly, I feel like for anybody who has done that, they don't like obviously they don't set out to make it become a bad thing. I mean, it's kind of like that classic quote from the dark Knight: Like you, you set out to be the hero, but then you turn into the villain. And that's, right. and you can even equate that to Google right now, because like when they first started in the nineties and into the early two thousands, I remember listening to an interview like with some of their developer, early developers in the early stages, they were talking about how one of their biggest mantras was to be not to be the evil guy or to yeah. do no evil. Yeah, well, yeah. And then now look at them. They essentially own the technology sphere they mm -hmm. essentially now have a hand in getting your data they track everything whatever you search for has now been pretty much commodified into an algorithm that spits your specific need if that's not evil in consumer like such a consumerist way i don't know what is and their initial intent was not to be that. Their initial intent was to be the most convenient search engine out there. And along the way, they're now everything pretty much modern day America at this point has feared where big tech and big government, quote unquote, is now watching over you. And they're, and people are bitching about vaccines and other shit have you being microchipped. You literally in your hands with a smartphone, with an app, have something that pretty much tracks you yeah. right they don't need i mean they did need and you pay them microchip. to do that yeah exactly you technically did need a small microchip but it was not as it was not as hard as you thought it was i mean if i mean it does you also did point up a good point because i mean even before google it was yahoo and you know M and american um america online and even um msn that were trying in the, the, the beginning of the 2000s was trying to get people to get um, accounts, get email accounts, get email accounts. Because if you give them an email account, they can basically track you from your email account. They need to figure out a way to get you. It's just that Google took it a, a step ahead and now used your email account and everything that you basically type into as a way to put into advertising. So they basically saved themselves both, both in. But, you know, they were doing that also before with Yahoo and even um, before Google became a, after it became a search engine started getting bigger, they were doing that with Yahoo. Um, Yahoo was trying to figure out ways to formulate uh, getting a lot of accounts on its service. I mean, on mm -hmm. on its um, on its um, platform, just like MSN and just like even um, uh, um, uh, SBC Global. I mean, there's okay. So there was back in the day, there was a thing where you you buy a new computer and they'll basically uh, what Yahoo or, or MSN or, or Netscape would do, they would basically pay $400 credit for your new computer that you bought. But you had to basically sign in for a two-year subscription uh, to one of those, to the, to, the, to the site in hand. So like MSN had their um, big thing where they basically signed to that or even um. Remember Net um, Netscape or Netgear? Yeah. It was a, yeah. Um, it was Netgear. Uh, consumer well, Service. No, no, no yeah. it was Netscape, and then yeah. it was Netgear. Yeah, they're uh, CopyServe. Uh, they they have so many that are just basically blowing up with yeah, with um, so many things where they were trying to get people to be on their service for almost three, two to three years. And this would basically pay back, and you had to pay their whatever twenty one ninety nine fee for that and it became a thing that to keep control for the business to keep to get some more money and stuff but just like everything else um auntie vice what do you consider with the whole consumer of the of the artificial land that they had you know all inside the building and stuff would you consider have you ever seen the movie um um judge dread no Okay. Well, which one? Dread with uh on uh, um, sports um, well with Stallone, Stallone or is it with uh Urban? Sturbis. Um, um, Stallone. So when he remember when he went out out of um of uh, was uh, what what that what the Mega City, City one. Mega City. 
when he left Mega City, it was this basic desert wasteland area. You think mm-hmm. they took that idea from that to make what they got? The, the, the idea of a tr- the, the whole trope in a movie of what a wasteland looks like is pretty standard, right? right. Dry, desolate, dark, gray. And so, yeah, it's not just those two movies. Like, this draws on a very long line of films that are probably well, yeah, drawn like from like a lot. Yeah, it's drawn from a lot of dystopian films. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I feel like that is now becoming a bigger thing. Too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like I, if I recall, that was like a very big thing in the '80s right. during the Reagan era because of the nuclear war. Be- yeah, well, it's also because Reagan sold a lot of shit to big companies too, well, and now it's becoming a big thing too since Trump or prior to Trump. I mean, it's still a big thing because of big tech. But, mm-hmm. but no, that was a big. It was a big thing back in the days because of the nuclear. Because we were so involved with a nuclear warhead would hit. How would the world change? You know, uh, what kind of um. Right with those with those imminent existential threats, we tend to go towards doomsday movies. Right. Um, Yeah, and I mean, so I mean, this is that's the reason this the Lorax original story works is it really does capture what it's like to be a capitalist, what it's like to be an environmentalist, and make a commentary on that that kids can understand. Right, and that was the the good thing about that one. Um, This is also very capitalistic ending to this one of. Oh yeah, we just need one person to do a little thing, and boom, there the changes. Right? It wasn't that the corporations changed. It wasn't that the money or funding changed. It's just you have to people. care. Yeah, the people. Mm-hmm. You know what really hits me hard too? Now that I think about it, like as we discuss this more, how they kept talking about those fake trees and how <laughs> consumerism now has turned plant life, quote unquote into this new modern consumerist ideal. Because now that like plant planting being a plant daddy a plant mommy quote unquote has now become like the consumerist thing to do dude motherfucker this is a five dollar <laughs> plant and some stores are selling it for 20 to 30 dollars and counting it as a rare plant no no it's not it's only rare because it's hard to sell i can guarantee you you can go to a warehouse somewhere go to a very specific portion of the u.s get it fairly easy and it's just so bad they've commodified Mm-hmm. nature into such a way that you have people are willing to shell out money for it how much have we spent at the dispensary this month marvin mm-hmm. okay in all fairness <laughs> i'm not using i'm not using it as a decoration i'm using it to <laughs> god damn it i'm still buying plants <laughs> and i'm high so I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm fast enough to get that i'm i'm, I'm getting there <laughs> So, but um, being that we um looked at the looking at the movie and stuff, and you do you, you gave a good point about the the trees and stuff, um, and even even how the mom was actually, I mean, even like how the mom had the new fangle the new fangle tree, and it had all these light changes, including disco, and she went off. I started really thinking. It started really hitting home with the idea of the iPhone and stuff, because even cell phones now becoming an actual problem in the in the landfills and stuff because mm-hmm. people you know people discard cell phones get new cell phones and then a lot of times the comp the phone companies which unfortunately i've worked in one where they will take those discarded phones get them reconditioned refurbished reconditioned back and sell them to third part th- some to third world countries and stuff as new yeah, and that doesn't surprise me at all but you would think okay if you sell to a third world country now, what are those third world countries doing? They can't, they got to, they got to get rid of the phone somehow. So they get rid of the phone by putting it in their landfills. It's, it's not a recyclable item. It, and, it, and it's becoming, it's actually becoming a factor of just like the plastic, just like the plastic bottle. They're actually now putting phones into pollution, into landfills and stuff. With this being in mind, checking out the way the Sneed, the need, need, need. There you go. Need had to become this multifunctional. Not even a sweater. It was a multifunctional it was a thing. thing. Everyone needs. Yes, it was utilized as a multifunctional thing that everyone needs because it had so so many challenges, so many other ways of using it. I would kind of characterize that as how the cell phone is. Because, or they call it. Or one other, you could do that for a ton of consumer products, yes. though. 
Yes. I mean, because and- I mean, for a long time, the push was everybody had to have the top high end VCR. Right. And then all of a sudden, those disappeared and were replaced. Like it goes on in all sorts of forms of technology. And so, again, this is just a commentary on on the uh, planned obsolescence of capitalism and how. And the whole thing is, when you've depleted your re- natural resources, then you have to come up with a whole new way of of doing things. And you know, it's been the that's kind of been the environmentalist story, you know, fifties on. Yeah, and I think that's why I really enjoy the fact that they use something so that we take for granted, granted. so much with the air. Mm-hmm. That's why that one hit me really hard when I first when that scene first played, and then I was like, okay, that's dumb. And then the moment they put it into a water bottle, they try mm-hmm. to give it a sexy spin. It's like, <laughs> I love oh that. my god, this is Fiji water. This is Fiji water. This is Voss. This is smart water. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. And then Vida water, Dasani. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yes. know what's wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my god. And then they're talking, it's like, oh yeah, and then the air is gonna be bad, and then you people are gonna want to buy more. It's like fuck. Well, but I mean we already have seen that happen. I mean that that's one thing this book did predict because mm-hmm. there are several countries with horrible air quality and they do sell bottled air. For they, people, they, the little canisters for people to breathe off of and get some relief. Oh, they yeah, had um vice uh with um uh two chains. Two chains went to a bo- uh, a dealer. Oxygen bar. Oh, oxygen. I saw that one. Yeah, and the guys sold oxygen for a mill, and it had like a diamond studded thing on top, and he got it from the freaking. I think it was like Canada or the or somewhere in the top Himalayan mountains, and they basically captured the air, closed mm-hmm. it up, and it had in a little a little um little case. He opened the case up, and it was like, and it had a had a um had a studded mask, a diamond studded mask oh on it, god. and I was like, oh that my is, god, this is for real. <laughs> that is peak peak rich boy shit but you know that also reminds me back to what i was saying about the water thing too it's kind of like uh, if you guys have seen down to earth with zach efron like that little yeah i've seen it it's great well there's like one scene where they're talking about how to be more responsible with water and plastics i personally think this is like a great documentary and it makes me love zach efron even more oh we didn't see that i did we're not yeah we're done yeah, and one of the episodes was him like being back in LA and they're tasting different water and doing water yeah. tastings and how they all had different PHI and everything because mm-hmm. like different countries have like specific standards to sanitizing their water. Oh right. my God, that like this movie, like while I don't like it particularly well, I do love its messaging and how well that it has aged. It's aged yes. very well in its message. It's gotten more... Prescient, prescient uh, since uh, it was published. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's deeper into that. Yeah, it's definitely become a lot more relevant. So, being that it's, it's relevant, don't you can also see the fact of this movie, and you can also see the Grinch, and you can mm-hmm. kind of think this, <laughs> and you can also see the Grinch, and you can basically get those two movies and see a whole freaking. Um, almost like a concept of how the Dr. Seuss was kind of going on this little bit of a trip. This, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he saw consumerism starting to grow mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been talking about, you know, air quality and pollution in Britain since the industrial revolution, when they started to see the effects that it had on folks there. So this was a narrative established long before this book is written and has become only more, important since then well i mean it's also what country that hasn't gone through its own industrial revolution hasn't gone through something like this i mean clearly the uk has done has gone through that with in its history when modernization hit the u.s has certainly gone through it china's all actually going through it right now in beijing like really bad like it's Mm. like i remember recently when i was still like around a teenager it has really bad air pollution going Mm -hmm. on right now because modernization and Mm -hmm. this need to industrialize and catch up with the quote-unquote western world has caused it to become 
really big on factories and everything. Right. Yep. It's gone through that. Now they recently even told the U.S. we're not taking your recyclables anymore because right. we, mm-hmm. we 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 won't take your trash any longer. We're not incinerating mm-hmm. that shit. Right. So even so even with that, even now even now finding out about that much that even the, the even the own even the the U.S. knew they had too much trash. They had to basically find someone else to take their trash away from them. It's it's now. It's, and they basically point out it is becoming an issue, a real, a real, mm-hmm. uh, not just a political issue no more. It is now becoming a, uh, a global issue. Yeah, it's and- gone beyond the fact of just, re- you know, we can't, it's almost like you can't ignore it now. It's getting to yeah. the point now where it's getting to the point where you can't ignore it. Well, and, and we live in California. You really can't ignore it because the state burns down every summer. Like that's a direct result of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. My one of my cousins lives in like the Santa Rosa area. In three yeah. years, he's had four fire evacuations. Four. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like and the problem too is it's just when you are you have the resources to not care about it in the short term, it's easy to pass it off to someone else mm-hmm. who does not have the resources. And eventually it will build up. And again, it's like I said, look at specific cities specific counties in the u.s uh, my favorite will still forever be flint michigan the native reservoir like native american reservoirs like where all the indigenous live it's fucking bad oh so so here's something interesting i found out so it's actually it's actually funny but we talked about things getting banned did you know that the lorax is one of the one of the five books banned in california Really? really? I did. Yes. In California, the bluest state, yes. one of the bluest states in the U.S. It got bad. It got banned because logging industry thought it showed a bad light to logging in Cal. Um, basically, taking cutting down trees, and they're trying to stop this before kids saw it and started protesting oh, to, the, to the industry. A fucking course. See, this is why people like Greta, Greta, Thum, um, Greta exists. I can't say her last name to save my life. But when when the pendulum swings so far on one side, mm-hmm. the a strong opposition is born from it. Mm-hmm. It got banned from public schools in 1989. That was just one city, Laytonville, right? Which is a heavily logging count. The rest of it. The rest of California doesn't ban it, but that was just one city in, in California. Still, the fact that one part of California was able to get it banned, it, it, it saddens and impresses me at the same time. Well, well, here's more. Here's a more disturbing fact. You know, they actually, they've actually pushed so hard on, um, they've actually complained so hard to Dr. Seuss that they actually published another, a, a different version of the Lorax and called the Truax. To basically, sp- to basically sponsor tree logging. Man, sometimes like I feel like Dr. Seuss, not just the Lorax, is so relevant in modern society these days. It really fucking hurts, especially with like how his estate has decided to ban a few books because it's really damaging to Asian American culture. Mm-hmm. And people are up in the fucking arms of us like, no, they want to be empathetic to the plight of specific people in the u.s who have issues with feeling disassociated with society and people are going well it's just a fucking children's book well we're talking about you know disaffected white men in the republican party (laughs) i kind of don't give a shit about what they care about Mm -hmm. like you know they're gonna bitch (laughs) about everything rather than look at reality oh yeah exactly yeah bunch of crybabies (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> but it's just Daisy saying that they're they saw this forest even though this forest station is an issue that they had they had to make another they had to make another book just so it wouldn't hit home too hard with the logging company now i mean now i'm thinking about it it's not if it if it's only i don't think it's only california that probably banned this book i mean if it probably is also banned in the northern parts of america because there's a lot of heavy logging there and also yeah. in canada and stuff so i'm a i, I would assume well, that we will say i'm going to fact check your ass here well it's still a shame because you know what should have yeah. been banned mulan 
There you go. I was wondering where you're going to squeeze so, it in. I was about to try. I was going to try to squeeze it in on. on the Asian American thing, but my high ass is like, oops, forgot. So, you know, I got to like, throw it in smoothly and organically on this part. So, okay. So here's a question on that now that you said that. Since Mulan was basically, since Mulan and Rhea, the last dragon, came out, uh, Basically, during the peak, the start, the starting of the um, the subscription era of Disney Plus, that was their that was their two high subscriptors that they did, and now that movies like Black Widow was out, but they didn't you know they didn't hype that one up, or even this new one coming out. What do you think about that platform and their Disney idea? Plus yes. and like their whole come on? And their whole let's try to pander to the masses. Oh, I yes. think it's bullshit. I while Raya was not necessarily a bad movie in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think it's still a bullshit move. But this is also coming from a guy who is deeply, deeply invested in grassroots activism mm-hmm. and likes to see fully nuanced stories. I I kung fu movies were great in the eighties purely because China. It, it was a form of patriotism for China. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, because I the Japanese, because the yeah. ja- like the, a lot yes. of kung fu movies are born yes. from a, a strong sense of patriotism. Those are our cowboy movies, right? Because mm-hmm. we wanted to. We this was a little bit after we have like gotten rid of five different countries who had complete control in China, and kung fu movies were a way to remind the masses in China that we are still a strong culture. And bled into the US where Asian Americans loved it. But here's the thing. After 30 years of watching Kung Fu movies, I now have I have a deep disdain for it because it's now Chinese propaganda in my opinion because it's the it's an old thing. And then I also have a disdain for it in the US because motherfucker, we're Asians, yes, but not all Asians know Kung Fu. We're deeply new a deeply nuanced culture. We all don't know Kung Fu. You're going to have individuals who love specific different things. We're not, it's not like we're all born knowing Kung Fu. It's like the same as saying a black person, like every black person loves watermelon and grape soda. It's fucking bullshit after a while. I don't like watermelon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but you get what I mean. Like, it's just. I get the point. Right, right. We're looking at UCW. Yeah, it's extremely fucking oh, stereotypical. And de- <laughs> it's extremely stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And that's why when Eddie Huang first became a big thing, I loved it because he's not your run-of-the-mill Asian. He loved right. hip-hop culture. He loved all these things. And as a kid who grew up in white suburbia, Central Valley, California, who was not your typical Asian kid who loved punk rock and then eventually went the route where Eddie Huang is. I fucking stand for all the stupid shit he does, which isn't that stupid because I agree fullheartedly with a lot of the shit he does. And when he made um, his new movie, Boogie, oh, oh, yeah, I see see that. Yeah. Yeah, so I love it. But when you have shit like Crazy Rich Asians, Raya and Mulan and all that other stupid shit, it feels like you got to like a little. I like it for the our culture and it's a representation, but okay. deep down, it's it's just fake gold to me. Well, well, okay. Fuck but you, you crazy have... rich Asians. Give me the grimy, I saw crazy it. Asian it was not... who have parents who had to work sixty-hour days, seven days a week, and still raise their kids who are deeply traumatized from shit that their parents could not control. And I will fucking fall in love with it easily. Kim's convenience could have been that, but it still sucked. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I like Kim's convenience, but I get Young you. stayed a loser the I, entire series. Okay. He was a middle management dude. And then he, then he made a big boy move and tried to yes. do better, and then he went back to being low tier worker. No, no, and then okay. Also, his parents talked English to each other. Bull fucking shit. Tell my parents to do that. They couldn't even speak to each other in fully formed sentences in English. <laughs> my dad, my fucking dad, knows better Spanish than my mom knows English, and that's saying something. Wow. 
So you think they should have done what um, Fresh Off the Boat did with Grandma, where she just talked Chinese the whole time? Oh yeah, I th- I do think that Fresh Off the Boat <laughs> is also a fucking travesty too. I understand. <sighs> I'm deeply opinionated about representation for my culture in general. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on, we will go into Snap Judgment, where we basically now rate the review, the movie that we have reviewed. So, if it gets three snaps, it's great. It made us think, and it should be provided to every single person worldwide. This is the way the world should be. If it's two snaps, it's not that good, but it's not that bad. One snap, it should have gone to the same wasteland as the once stood and should have died there. We do in quarter snap um, increments. So we are now going to basically do the snaps. Counting the three, we will throw up our ratings. Close your eyes. One, two, three. Open them up. Oh, okay, okay. Dig Martin it, I and I it. are back in sync. We're back in sync. It's because we're high. One and a half and one and a half. All right, folks. So we are now seeing five out of nine. I'm going to say mine first because I'm looking at y'all have maybe the same likeness of some sort. I'm going to tell you why I gave it to. So the reason why I gave, I gave this movie to, beyond the fact that it did... They didn't get the full extra one, the, the extra one snap or even a half snap because the singing sucked. I don't care how much singing cues you need. This was not necessary. I mean, it felt, I ain't going to lie to you. It felt a little bit like breaking. I mean, you have to have a song, you have to have a song for a message. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> it needs a message? You need to make song and people dancing in, in unison so they actually shake the message in your head. No, no, no. Um, I enjoyed the character of the Lorax. I do like Danny Vito's voice. He is fun. Sometimes he's funny, sometimes he's off. Uh, I did I did enjoy the plot twist of the movie, but what really hit home was the fact that this thing itself is like saying a message now. It's basically screaming out, message, look what's going on in your backyard, in your home, and everything you're doing because this is going to happen. And if you're not paying attention now, it's going to happen even when you don't think about it. It's going to happen. And it, it really it really ring home with that message. It's going to happen. And if you don't stop it or do something, it's going to get worse. So, and it, and it did get worse for them. And I'm go- And even though they did have a little bit of a hinting happy ending, I think it should have just died with the fact that the world's destroyed and we can't bring it back. I think that would have been a better message than what they did. I will start off with Marvin because I know Auntie Weiss always gets the the hit home ones. <laughs> I mean, I gotta agree with you. Like, I didn't think the songs were great for this movie. I feel like there was some problems with pacing a little bit here too. It's animation was still early reminiscent 2010s and animation then was still a little off, but I got to agree on the messaging part. This really hit home for me with how relevant and how well it is aged. As I mentioned earlier, there was a lot of points in this movie where I cannot think of a single particular moment in the past five years where specific scenes don't really like have not missed any point that we've been dealing with now. I also still want to say too, I think the voice acting cast was really great for this movie too. Like for instance, as we were talking about with the Grinch where I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was the Grinch. I got to say Danny DeVito was also the Lorax. There's just certain actors who have voice acting roles made ta- readily tailored for them. And then there were characters who just exist with a voice actor who knew how to bring out that character. Danny DeVito definitely was one of those people who knew how to be that character. And the Lorax was not him. The Lorax wasn't Dan DeVito or 
Danny DeVito was the Lorax. The Lorax oh, okay. was not oh, Danny okay. DeVito, if you get what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like the Will Smith par- yeah. and Robin Williams paradox. Yeah. Robin was the genie. Yeah. Will Smith was just playing Will Smith in genie form. <laughs> well, you could call that one Robin's. Wasn't Robin Williams doing that too? Because I mean, you said Robin. A lot of Robin. Sense. Yeah. Hmm? I feel, uh, but Will Smith is always Will Smith. Robin Williams is a great mm-hmm. voice actor and improv actor. He's always been able to go into his roles. Albeit some of the movies are terrible, but he's always known how to be a good method, mm-hmm. bring out a good specific character. Okay. Auntie Vice. I, th- I thought the songs were unnecessary and weren't well written. I thought the ending betrayed the original intent of the book. Um, so those were the two biggest strikes against it. I did like the animation. Um, I actually enjoy that style of animation. Um, and I didn't think the love story was as forced in this one as it has been in other Dr. Seuss ones. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. I would rather watch this with my nephew than any of the other Dr. Seuss's we've watched. Oh, come on. You wouldn't watch the, you would watch this over the 2018 Grinch. Yes. Really? I like that one. They didn't force any love interest or anything. I felt like that one brought a, it just it, it didn't do for me. Fair enough. I get, I get that. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. But I mean, seeing, seeing that this was, this is one of the third movies that Audrey Riz, um, 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 what's her name? Gritzel. Uh, the what the widow of Dr. Seuss um, gave green lights to, mm-hmm. but you kind of see that she, even during the ending of her, well, not even her life, but in the of the of the the, the series of movies they were putting mm-hmm. out, they were kind of going there. They they picked these. Mm-hmm. They were kind of going for an idea of what movies would strike people's attention, and this no, and was thinking they're probably looking at. What books sell the most so that we can make the most money when people will go see them? But I'm saying you would have thrown something like green, you would have thrown like green eggs and ham or something, something where you know that it may. Well, you have to get something with a strong narrative to be turned mm-hmm. into a, a film, which yeah, is like I don't, Horton Hills. Uh, go ahead. Well, I just don't think green eggs and ham will could it be doesn't have a, lengthened out and filled in with. Well, it is enough of now, a plot. It's now lengthened out because it's now a Netflix series. It what? Yeah, Green Eggs and Hams is the Netflix series. Oh, God, I fucking hate you, America. <laughs> oh, God, my parents just should have moved to Canada. No, Canada sucks, too. What? <laughs> You're just a- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Two, one and a half, one and a half. Five, five out of nine. That's what we have given it, folks. It's not as bad as it would have came up, but it's not that good. But we think that this thing has a really good message to tell your kids. If you ain't come tell them anything about cell phone usage or it, or even how the contamination of COVID, the Delta virus, and all that nonsense, hey, you can tell them about pollution. I mean, we already got a what a seventeen-year-old. Was she now seventeen still? Uh, from from the Switzerland. Oh, Greta Thunberg. Greta, Greta yeah. From oh, I got Greta. So I looking. did have her last name right. Yeah. Um, no, and it, what are you gonna do? The world's ending, and you're not going to make it to your thirties. Good night, sweet dreams. Like wow. <laughs> this that softens hurts. it. This, Take it from this a thirty-year-old. I don't even want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> This softens the blow. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by the housing market is fucked. I now, if I want to buy fucking plants, have to pay forty fucking dollars for a five dollar goddamn. Well, well, if, what did you practice? If I want to, what's that? You gotta go to Trader Joe's. Well, what's that popular cactus one with those little thorny ass leaves that everybody loves? Um, what the Christmas tree or something? What? No, 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 no. Christmas no. cactus. Yeah, something like that. Let me look it up. Well, but. But that's always been a thing. They they have now repopularized, uh, you know, uh, carbon uh, carbon print, all these natural things, even even eating right into a succulents. commodity. Succulents, okay, succulents, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm saying they've now popularized the whole. You got to pay into. I mean, heck, people have now pay into just getting themselves fit now or or eating right. I mean. 
it's it's become that thing where oh yeah totally diet culture fucking sucks <laughs> it's expensive yes so it, you you what's going on what are you say i was but this has been this isn't new this right, has been going on for decades and decades which is what it captures in it right and but it does it in a way that you know you can communicate the seriousness of it to a kid without saying you know and by the way, get ready to breathe oxygenated air in 10 years because mommy and daddy didn't have the political will to vote for candidates. You know? <laughs> wow. Got to hit that home. We're not saying we're a political podcast, but we could be just on the nose. Everything's um, political. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to basically end it off by giving our social medias, Marvin. You can find me at starvingmarvin 9 on IG. Auntie Vice? Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting you only have one that always seems too short. <laughs> that does, doesn't it? It's a work in progress, yo. I'm like barely getting back into the art space again. <laughs> okay. So I'm Auntie Vice on most social media. I have also now have a regular teaching gig with Kink Positive um, and Ignatia Roberts, who runs it. So you go to kink-positive.com. I will be teaching classes twice a month. Um, and you can check out my syndicated column on Wellcelium, W-E-L-L-C-E-L-I-U-M.org um, for health and sexuality information. And you can find uh, I Am Big Poetry Podcast on I Am Big Zine. That is I-M-B-I-C. Z I N E. Check back for more information where we'll talk more about other movies we're going to be doing. The next movie we'll be doing is. Horton has a who? All right. Horton has a who it is. You seem so happy and enthralled by that. Back. I bought Cheetos for Salim. I may have to go get them and eat them before he gets here. Oh, okay. That is, that is, uh, I hope you won't know I ate them all. I hope you never hear this episode because that's wrong. I will (laughs) send it to your sister so Salim can hear this. Wow. I sent her a picture of my face 20 minutes ago so she'll understand if they're not here. Purple. Well, the next one we're going to do, folks, during the whole, that'll be the last one we do for Dr. Seuss month. Where we'll basically do is check out once again the Grinch, Cat in the Hat, and now Borax. And we'll get Horton has a hoop next. Keep a lock here on Iambic Poetry Podcast with real poetry. Peace. <laughs>